Good morning, adventurers, and happy Monday to you. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. You know you're on the right path in life when you are happy about a Monday. Stand up, do some jumping jacks, get the blood flowing, because this episode is going to be a really, really good one, especially for us parents out there. Today, we have Kelly Calderon, owner and teacher of the Smart Money Academy. After overcoming her own financial difficulties, it has become her passion to set the next generation up for financial success. Now, this interview was particularly beneficial for me, having two children of my own and a family of my own, to hear from this professional about how she would uh, entertain and teach clients, but also children, about the best way to integrate finances into your family culture. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and before you jump into it, make sure you subscribe and share this episode with friends and family, especially those who have young children, because they're going to really love the content that comes from this episode. So, get your pen and paper out, and enjoy part one of my interview with Kelly Calderon. Hi, I'm Kelly Calderon with the Smart Money Academy. A little bit about myself. I have two boys, 17 and 12. Um, and I got into personal finance because my husband and I made a huge mess of our personal finances and had to kind of dig our way out of that mess and reset our path. Um, and I learned a lot during the process. And during that time, I was a classroom teacher. So um, I you know, have a lot of experience teaching. I was a classroom teacher for almost 20 years. And I was kind of rev- ready to pivot. And the financial freedom gave me the opportunity to do that. So I left the classroom and I am now teaching personal finance for kids because I really feel like if they knew this stuff right from the get-go, it would set them up to uh, to really succeed, right? And to make a huge change in the world, not just for themselves, but for um, people in need all around the world. So that was kind of my, my um, story there is I'm marrying my two passions of personal finance um, and wishing I had started well. And then teaching in my teaching career and melding those two together to making sure that kids and teens and young adults get a good strong start. That is that is really cool. Um, so you you were a teacher. What did you teach? I taught everything third through sixth grade. Um, I mostly most of that time I was a bilingual teacher. So teaching kids um, who their first language was Spanish. Um, and I also taught English as a second language, which is kind of interesting because Money has its own language, so I'm really able to apply a lot of those same techniques to money because, you know, learning some of the language that goes with money can be kind of tricky, too. Yes, 100%. I know, um, speaking on what you said earlier, being able to start at a younger age is as vital as it is and as important as it is. It's something that's really, really overlooked. Um, So... How do you get into this line of work? I mean, I know you said you taught in these personal finance, but there are a lot of teachers who also work on their finances at home. But how did you take the next step, essentially, and decide, okay, well, not only am I going to leave my job as a teacher, but I'm going to turn this into a full-fledged business? Yeah, so I originally started with uh, financial coaching. I went through training to be a financial coach, and I worked with a few families during that time, and Um, I really found that my passion was not so much helping to clean up their mess, right? Because that's not a whole lot of fun, but talking to them about how to get their kids started off right. And that was exciting and seeing the the passion um, that the kids had because giving cleaning up a mess versus giving a child a vision for their future is a whole different thing. And so um, 
because I was a teacher, I kind of knew how like the after school enrichment situation worked. And I had done summer camps with my own kids. So I knew how those systems worked. And I was able to just kind of formulate my own plan and jump into those existing systems. So did you study the Bahia financial coach while you were uh, while you were still teaching in the school system? Or did you do that after you'd already left? I had done that after I had already left. That was my initial plan when I left teaching was to be a financial coach. But I just it didn't light me up the way that working with kids did. So I decided a, a pivot was probably the best thing to do. But I do use a lot of my coaching techniques in my classes and my camps, too. Okay, great. Now, you, you mentioned you had two children. How old are your children? They are. I have two boys, 17 and 12. So my oldest is a high school senior, and then I have one that just started middle school. 17 and 12. So you have one that is on his way out next year, uh-huh. right? So, I mean, financial education is going to be super important for him. You know, God forbid he has to take out loans and things like that. How do you prepare him for that, knowing that he has to make that transition? Yeah. So it's interesting because he was old enough to watch us go through our our process to get out of debt. We paid off um, $80,000 worth of debt in those two years. And, he, and we sacrificed like crazy. He saw us sell cars and he saw us cancel cable and things like that. And so he is extremely responsible with money. Um, but we do have a lot of conversations all the time about um, just, you know, even if it's little stuff, like we're in the store and, oh, I'm not going to buy that because that's not my, the best choice for us right now. Or, oh, I'm going to save up for that so I can buy it later. And it's just constantly talking out loud of the things that are going on inside of our head. Um, since he is close to graduation and getting out into the real world and all of those things, we are sitting down and talking about, you know, how are we going to pay for the next few steps? And um, what is what is your budget going to look like when you're out into the real world and what kind of income can you expect? And so we have a lot of conversations. I think money conversations are probably almost a daily thing that happens in our house. We're just constantly looking for teachable moments and things that we can talk about with them. Politics and money are something that the American family does not like to talk about, right? Not even in their own homes. They don't want to really talk about it. So the fact that you made money so comfortable for your son at a ripe age of 17, when he starts his family, money is going to be the same thing, right? Being able to be comfortable around Mm -hmm. money and making it not so much of a a persona non grata in the home. Um, So do you advocate reading for your son at this age? Do you have any financial books that you have him read? Or is it just strictly watch mommy and daddy? Let's talk about it. Let's make it practical as opposed to doing it in a more um, formal setting, like reading a book at home. Um, We do have some books that we've encouraged him to read. He is pretty loaded down right now with, um, with being a high school senior. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of classwork that goes along with that. So we don't push it too much, but we do talk to him about the books that we're reading. um, And we encourage him to read, you know, when he can, or, you know, during the summer when he has more time. Okay. This is going to catch you off guard here, but give me the first book that comes to your mind right now when it comes to financial management. Uh, Gosh, you did catch me off guard. Yes, I did. I wanted Um, to. Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. That was what helped us to get out of debt. I would start with Total that Money Make So $80,000 in debt in two years. I, for all the listeners, $80,000 in two years is a ridiculous amount 
to pay off. And she made a lot of sacrifices. And she just told you one of her top books for that. And can you repeat it one more time? Dave Ramsey, what was the title of it? A Total Money Makeover. Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And I, I do... I do want to say a lot of people think, okay, you paid off $80,000 in two years. You must have been, you must have had a really big income. And I'm going to say that I was the main breadwinner during most of that time on my teaching salary. So it can be done. If we did it, other people can do it too. And that's huge that you said that. I mean, we can, we can talk all day about it. And I do talk all day about how it's unfortunate how low uh, teachers are paid in this country, given how valuable they are. And you were able to pay off that much debt on a teacher's, not a professor's salary, right? A teacher's salary, which is a remarkable difference. Um, Okay. So let's jump back into your profession. I've asked enough about your personal life. Um, Let me get a hypothetical session between you and the client. What do you say to the parent? And then what do you say to the child? All right. So parents... um... My big thing with parents is I always ask them to please stay away from the phrase, we can't afford it. Um, I don't think that a lot of people realize that kids digest that very differently than what we intend. So they're asking for a toy. We don't necessarily want to buy it. And we just flippantly say, oh, we can't afford that. Okay. I realize there are times that that might be true, but typically we're just saying that because it lets us off the, lets us off the hook, right? We don't want to buy it. We just say we can't afford it. But kids digest that in such a weird way. They might, first of all, think money is out of our control, right? Like we can't afford it. We can't change that situation. Money's out of our control. And so that is really not the message that we want to be sending. Um, another situation they might think is that we are unlucky, right? If we just happen to not have the money that other family does. We're unlucky. And so, again, it gives that that feeling of that message of money's out of our control and we don't want then we want them to know money's always in their control. Um, the other one I see is that kids become afraid to ask for things that they need. I talked to a woman who, as a child, she heard the phrase, we can't afford it so many times that when her shoes would start to hurt because they didn't fit anymore, she was afraid to ask because she felt like it was going to put more stress on her family. And so we need to be really cognizant of what we are saying and how they are digesting it, even though it might be something they might digest it completely different than what we intend. We need to be really careful with how those words come out. So we might want to say things like, let's save up for that item. Or that item is not the best use of our money. Or how about I find some extra chores and you can earn that item. But we can't afford it sends a very different message than these others that we're in control of it. That might not be the best choice for us right now. Let's find another way to make that happen. Um, So that would be my my main advice for parents. and or, and one more thing for parents, like I said earlier, is constantly having those conversations. You know, you said you talked about taking away the stigma of money. And that's definitely what I would say to parents, too, is talk, talk, talk to your kids. Share with them what you're thinking. Share with them what your struggles were. Share with them what your wins are. Share with them when you failed. Share with them when you won. Because when it comes to their failures, if they feel like you never failed with money, they're going to be afraid to talk to you about their failures. And if they're older and they can afford a credit card or they can get a credit card, they may reach for the credit card to fix their mistake instead of coming to you and looking for advice. I'm not necessarily saying that you should bill your kids out when they have made a mistake, 
but we can definitely guide them away from making the mistake worse if they are comfortable coming and talking to us about it. So that would be my advice for parents. Um, for kids, I always talk to them when, when we do our classes, the big message to them is you are in control of your money and you need to start investing and earning passive income as soon as possible. The earlier you start, the better. And so we, we have a big lesson about compound interest um, and how the longer that money is there earning compound interest or sitting in an investment, the bigger outcome they'll have. Even if they started later and put more money in, it's still those years are lost. And so my big message to them is always start as soon as possible, leave the money alone and let it grow until later in life when you need it. So kind of a pay myself first mentality of take that right off the top of every paycheck and then try to live off the rest. Wow. So much, so much, so much to unpack there. Because after you said the parent bit, I was like, okay, let me let me talk about this. Then he said the child bit. And then there was so much more in that too, which is like, again, mind blowing because again, I have my two children here and I have my family. And even in those, you know, 30 seconds you were speaking, I thought of a bunch of ideas that I should implement based on the things that you said, you know, with my own family. So I can only imagine what your camps are like. Um, so <laughs> episode 62, I, I made an episode on a Friday, like not really super research in depth, but just talking about essentially what you talked about, control. Mm-hmm. This idea that you're not a, a victim, you don't have to, you know, you don't go to work in order to pay people. That's not why, that's not why you earn money. That's not your, your function in society. So I love that you touched on control being such a major factor in the conversation about money. Um, and then mm-hmm. you also mentioned, you know, using certain key words like, you know, saying we can't afford it and things like that. And not allowing your children to feel like, okay, well, this family has that. We can't afford it. There's something wrong with us. As opposed to, no, this fits into our family plan of finances, right? It just changes the entire mindset around not only money, but their confidence in in you as a parent because they know you have a plan. You know, you're not a victim yourself. Um I loved every every bit of that. I'm sure people who are listening to this are going to replay that that little 30 minute segment, that 30 second segment. I hope they keep replaying that on loop. Um, so you mentioned can't afford that. You mentioned um, you know financial plan. Any other words that you would think? There's one or two more words that you think we should use around our children, and words we definitely shouldn't use around our children. Uh, I just, again, I'm going to pound that choice. You know, we really need to be telling our kids that everything that we do with our money is a choice, right? I once heard that we can buy anything, but we can't buy everything. And and that's so true. Like I can, you know, I can go out right now and buy a brand new car, but I may not be able to pay my bills later. And so we constantly need to be sharing with them about the choices that we're making and just talking out loud. Like I'm in the store and, oh, that shirt is... Um, you know, that's a really good value. I'm going to go ahead and buy that for these reasons or that shirt over there. um, You know, even though it's a good value, I'm not going to buy it because I don't need it today. So just constantly taking uh, talking out loud. When I was a classroom teacher, we would do this thing called uh, modeling think alouds and we would read a book and we would stop after a page and we would stop and and tell the kids what we're thinking. Like, oh, I'm thinking that that character did this, this and that. But we really need to be doing that as parents with our money. So I'm in the store and I'm going to stop and I'm going to think and I'm going to model my thinking for my child and say, 
okay, well, today I'm not going to buy this because of this, this, and this, or today I am. And um, because they don't understand all of the thinking that goes on in our minds when we make purchasing choices. They have no idea why we're doing those things, how we're coming up with the money, how we're coming up with the decision. And so again, I'm going to say choice, choice, choice. We need to constantly be modeling our thinking about what choices we are making with our money and why. And sometimes that's hard as parents because we don't always make the right choice. Um, but that's okay. They need to see that too. They need to see that we struggle and that, you know, we, we want to buy everything too, and, but we're having to exercise some self-control. And so as lo- the more modeling of our thinking that we're doing, the more they understand that their thinking is normal, their process is normal, and that they're going to have to make choices too. Wow, that was a lot of information Kelly just gave us. Now, remember, Kelly is a personal financial educator, right? Geared at raising money-savvy kids. Please share this show with friends and family, especially for those people who have uh, children that you know of. Get them caught up on part one and join us tomorrow for part two at 6 a.m. Eastern with Kelly Calderon. (music) 